This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Hi there. Hey, you are tuned to Surviving to Thriving in 90 Days with the 90 Day Divas. I'm Carol Reid. And I'm Lucy Fritchie. And I'm Jennifer Myers. And Jen's calling in from the mighty Waikato, and uh, Lucy and I are here in Hawke's Bay in the studio. So today we're talking about ways that um, you can you can start your business, things not to do when you're starting your business. The other week we talked about things that you needed to get in there to get going. Now we're talking about what not to do. And Lucy, you want to start us off? Exactly. So we've got 10 tips of what not to do when starting your business. So last time we spoke about having a business plan. So one tip here is definitely having a business plan. So don't skip that step and think you can just start your business without having a strategy, without knowing where your vision is, what your mission is. Really take the time, get a coach or a mentor to sit down with you and plan your strategy. Mm. It's clarity thinking, isn't it, Jen? Absolutely. Um, If you don't know, it's like the whole map thing, you know, you can say, oh, I'm going to hop in the car and take a drive, and I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to end up somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So if if you don't know where you're going, you will end up somewhere, but it may not be where you want to be. So it's really kind of identifying what your vision is and what you want to achieve in your business. Yeah, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time, right? Absolutely. Which leads us then to point number two is not having an actual solution to a problem. So I've seen that quite a number of times that people start a business thinking, oh yeah, I'm sure there's a need in the market for exactly what I'm doing and I've got the perfect business idea, but they haven't tested it, they haven't asked their network and actually don't have a valued solution to that problem. Yeah, they've gotten passionate about it, which is great. You've got to have the passion, but it might need tweaking, it might need refining, it might need different stuff that perhaps you've thought you were going to bring, and you know you might not have the market that you're expecting to have. There might be 20 people, and that's it. Well, you can't make a living out of 20 people, eh, Jen? Absolutely, and um, I've seen it so many times where we kind of really put we do this a lot, right? We put our own biases on so many things yeah. when we're going through our business. Um, you know, well, I think they're going to like it, and I like to do things this way, so that's what my customers are going to like, when actually it might be the total opposite to what you're thinking. So it's really going out there and doing surveys, doing a video, the market research, which, um, Lucy, I think the next point that we should go to after this is knowing who you're selling to, which is that niche market. Who is your ideal customer? Right, ladies? Yeah. That is massive. Yep. I always say, who is your dream customer? Who's the perfect person you want to work with? And be as specific as possible, really knowing exactly what they do, what's their age, what do they love, what don't they love, and how can you help them with their problem? Yeah, absolutely. And I would just add to that quite often, as, as Jen's saying, we are a bit biased, and you could be marketing to you of 10 years ago. And that's okay, you know, that's mm-hmm. okay, but, but let's let's really define it even more. And as Lucy says, really get in the mind, you know, you've got to enter the conversation that the, that your market is having in their mind. So what are they saying? What's your target audience person saying in their mind when they're having that problem, you know? And that's how you start to communicate with them, isn't it, Lucy? Perfect, yeah, that's exactly how. Because you need to get them exactly where the pain is, where they feel like, wow, that person totally understands where I'm at and... Yeah, it feels like a personalised message to me. 
And then, which leads us to the next point, and that's not knowing your why in your business. Mm. So that's another big one, isn't it? It's a very deep one. It's a big one. It's one of my favorite ones because, you know, I do that lovely um, exercise of, you know, why. Why is it important that you do da-da-da? Why is it important that you're successful? And we call it the seven seven levels deep. But essentially you ask yourself that question seven times. And by the time you get to sort of five or six, it's starting to uncover even more. First of all, it's kind of surface and you're really going with your head. Then when you're getting further and further along, you start dropping into your heart. And then you really know, why is it that I'm doing this? Hey, Jen. Absolutely. The why is really what gets you out of bed in the morning and keeps you pushing forward on the days when you don't feel like it or you feel, you know, you're over it or because you're going to have days like that. So I guess the other thing, too, is, and I'm going to throw in an extra point here, ladies, if you don't mind. Yeah. It's coming to my head. Don't expect perfection before you start your business, right? You are not going to have smooth sailing. It is like you're going to have days where you're, you're not going to feel like doing it. Things aren't going your way. People are not saying yes. And that's okay. Go back to your why. What, the thing that gets you out of bed and go, you know what? I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and do it again today because I know what I'm doing feeds me. It's going to serve the market. And yeah. And that is an amazing point. I wish I would have heard that one earlier too because I'd sit there sometimes being so frustrated or I remember the first few invoices that I sent out and I thought, oh, they're just not perfect. They don't look professional enough. Oh, what are they going to say when they see it? Or my quote, is it really going to be good? And um, yeah, I'd doubt myself and I thought I'd have to just be yeah, on point. And of course, when it, yeah, the first few I sent out, they just got accepted and I don't think they would have thought twice about it. So funny. And we don't, yeah, don't overthink. Yeah. We focus on sometimes not the stuff that's actually moving the needle really. Mm. Um, It's an interesting point too, around our psyche, around that sort of thing, around that perfectionism side of stuff. Like you say, it can, it can, uh, you know, delay you and quite often you procrastinate. You know, and and actually, um, perfectionism can be a form of procrastination. So, watch that absolutely, Jen. Lucy, next point. I think maybe that leads into um, the next point being: yes, you're starting this business. You've got your why sorted. You've got the passion. You know, you've got something that serves uh, solve the problem for your ideal client. And now you feel like you got to jump in and do everything yourself, <laughs> right? Uh, pretty much. And uh, I guess that's a bit of an issue that a lot of people have when they start their own business is they think everything has to be done by them, that you can't get a specialist in already in the start to, to help you fast forward your, your process. And one thing that I can recommend, especially when it comes to branding, your website, the wording, the social media setup, to get someone in to help you. It could be just a few hours. It could be yeah, you can say, I mean, you can get a specialist in for one, two hours and they can give you a bit of a roadmap where to go, what to do, or you actually get someone in and say, hey, look, this is my budget. Let's say it's two grand. Can you do something with this? And you'd be amazed what can be done with that. But the cool thing is you have a good setup that will really last and it's not going to be a quick and dirty one either because mm-hmm. I see that over and over that people do this quick and dirty do it yourself and realize they're not getting any results. It's not looking professional and they get frustrated because mm. they reckon also demotivated. They think the business is not working or it's going to fail. And mm. Who knows what? It just goes into the whole negative. I, I too think if you think about if you were going to go and bake a cake, 
right? You were going to go into the into the kitchen and bake a cake. You would start with the recipe and the ingredients, right? And the thing is that you might start and you might bake that first cake and the cake comes out and it's not quite what you wanted. It's not quite there. There's something missing. You're not quite sure. So you play around. And, and sometimes you don't even have a recipe. And that's, this is the thing, right? It's having people around you like us to be able to strategize and work out a bit of the blueprint, which is our 90-day Divas Blueprint, Getting that out for you and getting it all written out is almost like a recipe, okay? We want to kind of give you the recipe for success, but again, it's refinement, refinement. So to get the absolute most amazing cake, sometimes you've got to take some things out, you've got to change some things up, you've got to, you know, change what you're putting into stuff to be able to get what you really, really want. And then you can, you know, make sure that the the, the customers are coming back more and more because you're getting better they want and better. More cake. Yeah, they yeah. want more cake. Totally, <laughs> that's a really nice way of looking at it. Because um, yeah, I will jump into really quickly about. Um, I was just dealing with a client this morning. So this is really timely that we're talking about this today. And one of the questions I had um, asked them was, you know, do <laughs> do you know? So this is kind of goes back to that not having a solution to the actual problem. Yeah. Do you know what your USP is? What sets you apart? Why would people want to buy from you if you cannot identify your USP? Which is, um, for people who don't know. Is, oh, I'm so sorry. Unique sales proposition. Yeah. What is it about your brand that would make people care about yeah. you? Why would they choose you over a competitor? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I asked them and they said, hmm, we don't really know. I'm like, well, there's one of your homework <laughs> yeah they see that often too it's like yeah. starting the website I try to put it together and I'm like so what is it exactly that will yeah put you apart from the others mm. or set you apart from mm. the others unique selling point um unique what did you call it Jen unique, unique sell- selling proposition. unique selling point unique sales proposition sales proposition yeah. Yep. yeah same thing you know so just be aware of what that is and again we can help you with that so you're not alone mm. And, and trying to work that out because several eyes on it and people from outside of it can often see it better than you can. And there too, it's sometimes step by step. So they always say take the most time with planning, strategizing, knowing exactly where you're going, and then you can start doing. Because you often see that people just think, okay, I'll just start with whatever. I'll start with a website and then I'll just get that up and running and see what happens. And then in the end, it didn't work. So really don't run before you... Yeah, really start, and you can't do the uh, build it and they will come. Doesn't no, work anymore. It might have worked twenty years ago, thirty years ago. Doesn't work now. We're in a different uh, market, so you can't just build it and they will come. You've got to be quite um, strategic about it, and that's that's what we do. So the next tip that we've got is recommending, or we really recommend, is getting some tools into or yeah, utilizing the tools out there. That you, well, one big thing is an accountant tool. I remember when I first started my business, I thought, oh, this is pretty easy. I know what's coming in. I know what's going out. I can do that all myself. And then suddenly realized, wow, it's maybe not quite as easy as I thought. So, yeah. yeah. That's one of the don'ts. So do always get an accountant. Don't, don't try and operate without something like that. Yeah, you're not going to save any money on that one. <laughs> and you really, you're not going to save any time and it's you're going to save yourself a lot of headaches. Yeah, And most of us, let's be fair, the majority of us are not particularly numbers-oriented, yeah. right? Yeah. So find someone who is, and that's their specialty and that's what they love, as sick as that may sound to some people. Some people actually love numbers. 
let them do it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Totally agree with you. And that brings us into the next point, which is um, systemizing, right? So really thinking about when you first start, um, quite often I, I see people who start off and they don't systemize processes. They just scattergun, you know, I would call it, go and do this over here and go and react over here and go and do that over here. And, you know, and, and they're busy, being busy but it's not generating much, you know. And so it's really thinking about how can I systemize to optimize? You know, what can I what can I make as a regular occurrence? Because if you can do that, you will find that, again, it becomes easier to bring someone else into the role if you've systemized it. In fact, I was reading something just this morning about what some of the most successful CEOs do. They make sure that everything is systemized so that when it comes to decision-making, it's almost a system decision because does it fit inside the system or doesn't it? And the thing is, this is where as we get as you get bigger, you know, down the track and you have other people working for you, you know, it's actually make, make, giving them the empowerment that they need to be able to make the decision that they need to do to keep moving forward. So, um, so systemize. Think about the end in mind. You know, think about oh, could I make that? You know, when I answer the phone, I do this, this, and this. And when I send the order out, I do this, this, and this. How can I make that nice and systemized? And so the next time I do it, I do it better and I get it, refine it, refine it until then you can pass it on to someone else. Delegation's your friend, obviously, eventually. <laughs> Work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the next one I have is um, using templates. So templates for, could be, I used it for invoicing, for contracts, Get it because it's all out there. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. It's you might be paying a little bit, but um, it's definitely worth every penny that you spend on that. Again, that's a part of that systemizing, right? Don't you, Carol, have quite a good story about the accountant? If we just go back to that subject, oh, about how when I first started, I didn't have have a very good accountant. Exactly, Um, and I ended up, um, you know, having to pay quite a bit of tax, and I ended up, you know, not not doing things as I could have done them, and I thought I was on the right track, but luckily, we definitely did you know, recognize it within the first year. So um, I think it might have been in year two that we decided, hang on, this is not working. Um, And we ended up, you know, firing that accountant and getting a different one and haven't looked back in 20 years or whatever that we've been operating um, in our other business together. So um, it's one of those things, definitely good advice isn't cheap, but it's worth it. It's worth it. And you also need to look at it, the money that they save you end of the day is huge. Yeah. So, I mean, the investment you pay, that yearly fee, that's going to be nothing in comparison to the money that they can actually save you for your business. So that was something that my dad always taught me and um, never forgot that one. And you've got to watch it too. Like um, sometimes you can be overcharged, unfortunately, and so you've really got to make sure that you've done your homework on the people you're using, you know. Talk to other people that use them. Find out from their customers. Ask for testimonials. Don't just take the first person that you come across as your accountant, because it's actually quite a, it's quite an ongoing relationship that you will have, and you want to make sure it's a good one and you've got a good accountant. This leads us to our last point, number ten, is not having a community. So when I started my business, I had no community, and I would. Definitely not do that again. It's amazing. It's so important to have people around you, like-minded people, who support you, encourage you, 
um, motivate you. But even here with an accountant, they might be able to give you some tips and tricks, what to do, who to use, why to use this person. And um, yeah, you're more likely to trust someone who's in a similar situation to you than some ordinary, yeah, if you just go on a website and read about this accountant. So yeah. And of course, you know, with us, with the 90 Day Divas, we, we're creating a community of, of like-minded people to come together to work on their businesses, their dream, you know, uh, dream business perhaps or, or dream idea that they want to bring to fruition or to, you know, uh, change up who you are. You know, do you need to reinvent yourself because, you know, what you've been doing has come to an end and you've got some time on your hands, you know. It's that kind of thing that you want to be able to um, work with and, uh, and we're creating that that community just for you, eh, Jen? Absolutely, and it's all about participating because we know we've, I'm sure all, I, I'm sure I'm not speaking for myself, I might be, but I don't think I'm speaking for myself when I say that I've joined communities in the past and not really actively dug in and participated. Um, and boy, what a difference when I have, you know, when I've made that decision to uh, participate, to engage, to ask questions of other people, to contribute so when you're thinking about building that community and identifying where you'd like to go to, to slot yourself into an existing community, whether that's 90 Day Davis, whether that's Beatus Network, B&I, I mean, there's so many different things that you can participate in. Participate, right? It's called networking for a reason. You know, it is work. So what can you contribute and then what can you um, ask for in return? It's all about helping each other, right? Totally. That is a great point. So if you're thinking or if you're looking for a community to be supported, encouraged, join us on Facebook. It's called Surviving to Thriving in 90 Days. And yeah, like Jen said, be active in the group. Come and introduce yourself. Tell us about your business and you'll be amazed what kind of feedback you get. Absolutely. And it's not just restricted to to Aotearoa, where we are in New Zealand. It's, um, it's a worldwide community. And I guess that's Part of, I guess, the blessing of COVID, if there could be one, is um, is that we are able to connect more freely, and and we're more open, I think, to connecting than we ever have been before, because people are, you know, ensconced at home, having to work from home, and kind of over that, you know, they've recognised the value of community quite often because they've recognised how much socialisation happens when they go to work, and so sometimes when you can't get that you get a chance now to actually, you know, pick people you want to be around, not necessarily your work <laughs> colleagues that maybe you don't want to be around, you know. People who understand you. And people who get you, yeah, yeah. Your tribe, yeah. Yeah. Totally. You want to add some more, Jen? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> She's good. She's good. Good. All right, well. for today. That's enough for Well, today. if you want to know more, go onto our website. That's 90daydivas.com, 90daydivas.com. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.